I was especially lucky in this, my chosen research. Admiral Brim led a most exciting life. Whether as an extraordinary teenager, flying worn-out ore barges, a Grand Admiral directing construction of brand-new star fleets, or an aging retiree saving the Emperor's life when the Star Gimmis went Nova and took the great star base of Haefden with it. He was always in the thick of things, one way or another. During the metacycles we spend together, I shall hope his excitement will rub off on you. I have entitled this second lecture, Galactic Convoy. In it, I cover Brim's life, from his second military assignment at the Great Fleet Base on Elendor Bestien, through the Battle of Atalanta, off Hader Halic, the epic struggle that effectively ended the First Great War. Like all presentations in the series, this is not so much of a lecture as a historic reconstruction, collected from many varied sources, media, interviews, cockpit recorders, diaries, museums, and other more personal sources that are verifiable but must remain anonymous. One can always tell a truly great man by the fact that at least 10,000 people went to school with him in the small town where he grew up. Wilf Brim's birthplace has long since been reduced to rubble in the wake of two great wars. But the tiny lakeside town of Ganticlare, some 200 colenets spinward from here, must have grown by at least a thousand former residents each time Wilf Brim got a new promotion. The young Koreskrian already had a solid following when he reported to his yet-to-be-completed second ship, IFS Defiant. The adventure began in a shipyard drafting room. Chapter 1 Elendor Bestien Wilf Brim pointed into the shimmering globular display and glared across the drafting console, angry now, in spite of himself. If Nick Ursus says a waveguide installed like that could short the vertical generators, then a Zach's damned waveguide installed like that could short the vertical generators. Nobody understands anti-gravity like Soda Sky and Bears, and you bloody well know it. The senior engineer remained determinedly unpliant. He was a tall, aristocratic man whose expression was the perfect physical manifestation of bureaucratic arrogance, though his features themselves were indifferent to the point of banality. Bears or no bears, I was not placed in my position of trust and authority to question Admiralty plans, Lieutenant. I build starships strictly to specification and I greatly resent the interruption of my busy day with complaints from flight crews. You may be certain your superiors will hear of this insubordination. Imagine summoning a senior engineer with wild tales of design flaws. Certainly you do not believe we meet production quotas by challenging Admiralty design teams, do you? Voots, beard, this has nothing to do with a challenge! Brim pointed to a drafting console. Look for yourself. Your design diagrams are just plain wrong. A hit anywhere near the Kappa Towers could cripple both vertical gravity generators, trip them out completely. 
And verticals are the only things I know that keep starships from falling out of the sky. At least when they're anywhere near something that's got gravity, like, for instance, the planet we're standing on. Standing beside Brim, Nick Ursus, a great soda sky and bear, frowned, shifted his peaked officer's cap between furry russet ears, and thrummed six tapered fingers on the console, clearly struggling with his own temper. Presently, he smiled, diamond fang stones gleaming in the bright lights of the quiet drafting room. I thank you for your support, friend Wilf. But we have reasoned fruitlessly for more than twenty cycles, and I, for one, possess sufficient of nonsense. Ursus gripped the massive drafting console and ripped it from its mountings in a cloud of sparks and acrid smoke. He turned to the startled engineer. Perhaps now, my good man, you will have an easier time shifting mine from symbolic diagrams to reality. Eh? In spite of what you might think, starships have no lifting devices such as wings or such, only vertical gravity generators to keep them up. They are of critical importance, yet these could be disabled by as little as chance lightning strike on Kappa Tower. Before the civilian could recover, Ursus lifted him by his ornately embroidered lapels to a position no more than a milliearl from his huge wet nose. When I replace you on your feet, Mr. Senior Engineer, you will locate workable drafting display and carefully study what Lieutenant Brim and I have attempted to explain this afternoon. You understand now, perhaps? But, but the plans show... He pointed to the darkened drafting console as if it were still a functioning instrument. All the bluster had suddenly gone from his voice. Defiant is first warship of class. Imaginary machine pictured by your precious plans has never so much as lifted from image of globular display, much less cast off for deep space. There are bound to be errors is what you engineers are for, to catch mistakes before they hurt someone. <laughs> Wouldn't be so good if one of your creations lost its verticals and fell out of sky, now would it? Someone could be hurt. The man only stared into the huge bear's eyes, mesmerized. Well, civilian engineer? No? No, what? No, no um... Uh, I, I wouldn't want a starship to fall, fall out of the sky. And what will you do to ensure such does not happen? F -f fix it. The waveguide, uh, so the verticals are better insulated from energy strikes. Excellent. The bear gently placed the engineer on his feet. Your cooperation is most gratifying, civilian. I shall mention it favorably to my superiors, but... Your equipment here is poor. Behold, Wilf, this very drafting display does not function. Brim could only nod as he fought the gale of laughter that threatened to overwhelm his control. I'd noticed that. You should endeavor to find workable instrument. Immediately. Otherwise, by time you order this waveguide to be reversed, it will be difficult operation. Every metacycle that passes sees new equipment installed in Defiant's already crowded machinery spaces, eh? 
Of c course, Lieutenant. Suddenly, the engineer turned and ran madly along the consoles until he disappeared through a door at the end of the room. Ursus pursed his lips and frowned. I only hope he will really do something about Waveguide instead of just covering up mistake with minor insulating job. Once Hull is buttoned up, there will be no way I can check. Ursus smiled wryly and shook his head. Groaning trees and growling wolves are all same in spring snowstorm, eh? Brim looked up from the wreckage at the drafting table. Huh? The bear grimaced. An old saying from Mother Planets, and it seems I shall never learn to hold my temper. Now we are probably both in trouble. A little, maybe, but it's at least possible now that something may be done to protect the verticals. If we'd kept our mouths shut, nobody would even have looked. Brim and Ursus left the cluttered area and boarded an elevator for the observation balcony. <laughs> Besides, I've dealt with bullies all my life. Once you scrape away their rank, as you did so well, they're all the same sort of cowards. Now, if you want to talk about real trouble, imagine us fighting a dead ship after something like a lightning strike tripped the verticals at low altitude, maybe during a landing. Universe. Nurgal Trianics, all-consuming galactic conflict, seemed terribly remote that day among the ancient starship yards of Elendor Bestian. Outside a lofty engineering tower in the Orange 8 district, cobalt skies and soft puffs of summer clouds ruled the late afternoon over construction complex 81B. On an open balcony, 